Hey everybody, welcome to Off the Clock, our typically premium club members only show uh, where we talk about the television we're watching while we're off the clock. Uh, this week's a little bit of a special treat um, for people who aren't club members. Actually, we're releasing this to everyone. and This is going to be a discussion between Aaron and Kim Renfro of Insider all about Dark Season 2 and uh, previews for Season 3. And I believe that Kim may have screeners for some of those episodes in season three so I, actually honestly i don't know if there are spoilers in this podcast because i can't listen because i haven't finished watching season two yet uh and i don't want spoilers myself so i can't be sure but uh you can check it out i'm sure if there are spoilers they will give you a spoiler warning before they go into it uh like i said off the clock is usually only for club members but this one is for everybody now next week's show is going to be a very similar discussion, probably, um, except with different perspective, because I will have finished season two, and Aaron and I are going to talk about uh, season two and uh, some of our thoughts for, for the upcoming season that's releasing on Friday the 26th. Then the following week after that, we're going to be covering season three, but again, that is only for club members. Um, so if you are not a club member, you might want to get signed up for our coverage next week if you're hoping to get uh, some bald move coverage of Dark Season 3, because I think... That's really the only place we're going to be talking about it. We don't have like a feed or anything for dark. And like I said, this is stuff we're watching in our off time. So we're not taking copious notes, but we do approach the conversation, you know, like our typical podcasts. Uh, so if you're down for that, get signed up as a club member. And if not, you know, enjoy this conversation uh, between Kim Renfro and Aaron as they discuss dark season two and the previews for season three. Hey, Kim, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me again. Uh, I've really, man, this has been something that we've been talking about doing since like last year. Like, you know, a big yeah. dark collaboration because um, I haven't gotten a chance to talk about it in front of a microphone very much. Like Jim and I did one of our club only like off the clock uh, for season one last week. Uh, but and I've maybe done a couple tweets, but like this has always been kind of something that I've been into in my private time. And now with the third season, I kind of wanted to talk about it with uh, with uh, with with some other smart people and, and with the community. Um, what was your relation? Like, when did you find out about dark and like, when did you start watching it? Have you been like on the, uh, on, on the bandwagon from the beginning or is it something, uh, I kind of got introduced to it uh, right before season two aired. Um, what, what was your kind of relationship with it? Uh, so yeah, I've been right there. Like since Netflix dropped the first trailer, um, what I kind of do in my line of work since like I'm supposed to write about TV and part of that is trying to like anticipate TV that I think might become pretty big or sure. like a little bit more mainstream. So I just, I watch literally every single trailer that Netflix puts out and I've been doing that for like five years now. And so <laughs> I watched the trailer for dark and I was like, Ooh, like these are all the things I love, like uh-huh. murder, sci-fi stuff like it looked it like looked very visually interesting so yeah so I got screeners for the first season back in like end of November 2016 and I watched the first four episodes wrote a pretty solid review because I was like this seems super interesting and then when the whole season dropped I like finished it and started writing about it back in yeah like December January 2016 2017 I think so yeah, it's been a while for me. Um, I it's one of those shows that like I wish I had more time to to give it like even more coverage and write ups and stuff. But it's definitely one of those like like I think that people like to toss around the word like mind bending with TV a lot, and I'm mm-hmm. like I don't think that that word applies to any show more than it applies to dark because like oh my god, I could think about this show for hours and hours and still probably not have it all like wrapped up in my mind. Yeah, and they do a lot of, um, you know, like this is definitely going to be a lot of spoilers because, um, but but maybe I should like talk about the premise too because this might be our first like public facing podcast on Dark. Um, how would you describe Dark if you didn't want to spoil it? Uh, I think the important things is it's a foreign language a television show, so it's all done in German. So when you watch it on Netflix, you have to choose your own adventure and decide whether you want to listen to the original German. Uh, with English subtitles, or do you want to experiment with the uh, English subtitles uh, or English uh, dub? Uh, which which uh, adventure did you choose? By uh, out of curiosity. Oh, I'm 100% original German audio. Um, that's actually when I got the screeners that I didn't even have the option of dubbing. So like 
I was actually really confused when I went to go watch like episode five. And I was like, what the hell is like, I I thought that like Uh. my laptop was having some meltdown or something. (laughs) I was so confused because I really, I really don't like dubbing. I know that some people um, need it for like their own consumption of TV. But Mm -hmm. for me, I think going original audio is definitely enhances all the performances in a way that I don't think dubbing quite captures. I think you're right. But here's my defense. And I almost always always go with the original uh voice work and then go subtitles but this one is so dense that Mm -hmm. and there's so many things to pay attention to as far as like inscriptions and things that are written that are called out already in subtitles and just uh, so much stuff is going on that I found myself constantly rewinding to see like what was happening when I was busy, like reading a subtitle or something. So I like two or three episodes in season one, went back to English dubbing um, and kind of didn't look back. And in fact, like when I got into season two, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go, I'm going to make a good faith effort to try to go to the original German. But now everyone's voices like sounded funny because like I had gotten used to the English version. So like, you know, German Jonas was like really freaking different. Um, and there's a couple things that like really, really threw me from 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 doing that. So I, I, I had the opposite. I just needed all my eyes on the screen and not competing with like reading the stuff on the bottom. And uh, yeah, um, so there there's one thing uh, people need to know about. The second mm-hmm. is uh, Jim described this as like doing homework. Um I think that is something that I definitely felt like season one was a constant um, keeping you on your toes, uh, trying to figure out like, did I miss something or was there a scene that like I have a a completely new character that's unrelated to anything and I just saw him for like 10 seconds and I didn't see him again the rest episode? Like, did I miss something or is this just intentionally kind of confusing right now? I think, especially season one, I think was deliberately written to be somewhat confusing because you're supposed to feel like you're in the place of like Jonas or some of these other characters where it's like, what the hell is actually going on in this town? Right. So, yeah, I think it gets very, it gets very Game of Thronesy in a way of like, there are a lot of families and like relationships between those families that you need to kind of like try and get up to speed as quickly as possible with, and that can be really challenging. Multiple generations um, of that too. Yeah. It goes yeah, back to like grandfathers. Multiple so. generations, multiple generations of families that are connected in all sorts of like twisty kind of relationships, romantic or like familial or both yeah yeah well that's that might that might sound like game of thrones but like uh then you add time travel and paradoxes right. and going back and forwards in time uh and then that really complicates already complicated family trees and you know like alliances and whatnot in towns and relationships it's it's insane yeah and it does i know like people online tend to get really prickly about it being compared to stranger things, but I don't, I like, I understand why that comparison comes up because like, it's also very, like, it's a very sci-fi based show in that there's like, and there's a small town, there's a government facility near the small town that it somehow seems like it's connected to like children disappearing and like, a bigger government thing potentially happening. And so like there are these like skeletons of narratives that I think are really like really grabby for, I think anybody who's already a fan of Netflix shows and something like stranger things or something bigger and a little bit more complicated, like Westworld or game of Thrones. Yeah. In fact, like at the end of season one, episode one, I'm like, Oh, this is just German, a slightly darker, more mature German stranger things. Like, I just thought, like, all straight up, this is just what it is. And, like, it takes a couple more episodes to keep evolving until you realize, oh, no, this is much more adult um, and much more, Mm -hmm. like, hard-edged science fiction. And it's a lot more about, uh, it's a lot more about, like, you know, generational things and secrets and lies than it is about plucky kids with psychic powers trying to stay one step ahead of... 
you know, uh, government spooks or or evil lab scientists. It's it's more of um, I don't know. It's like it's like this organic gothic time traveling conspiracy theory business. By the time you yeah. get to the end of season season two, and they also do this thing where. Um, for two seasons in a row, and I'm going to try to keep this as, as vague as possible, and then we're going to dive right into spoilers, I guess. Um, for like two seasons in a row, the very last episode completely blow, like kicks the world up into another notch. Like you have a handle on like at the end of season one, like, okay, I think I know how these time loops work and they're related to this and they do these particular cycles. And then something happens at the end that completely changes what you thought was possible. And then incredibly, they do the same thing in season two where like the, the very final scene of that blows open the world in a way that you had no way of knowing it was a, was possible and just kind of has you reeling of like oh my god what did i just see what does this mean mm-hmm. um like does everyone know that this is happening like is this new information to anyone like you know uh because because that's the other thing is like you have this cast of like very inexperienced. You have people that don't have any idea there's time travel in the world. You have people that are just finding out that you have time travel in the world. Then you have people that have been like time traveling for 40, 50 years. Sometimes those are the same mm-hmm. people too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they're just at different levels. Yeah. They're just like, you know, at different levels of their uh, uh, time traveling. They're, you're at different ends of their time traveling spectrum. So, that's like if you haven't, yeah. if you haven't seen Dark and you've you kind of heard some buzz, because this is like, um, this is a pretty big show for Netflix. I noticed there's like uh, like about a hundred thousand people on the subreddit, which is a pretty good indication for you know a lot of a lot of passionate people around it. I have no idea what like numbers it's getting because Netflix kind of keeps those pretty close to the, their vest. But I'm curious to see like does it, it it certainly cracks the Netflix top ten when it when it drops next next week or in two weeks that for sure. I would guess so. Yeah, and it's like. And the dark, I like the dark fandom is definitely one of those like really concentrated active fandoms online. But like Rotten Tomatoes ran a whole like they literally had I think like over a hundred maybe of like Netflix original shows in like a bracket of like fan favorites and Dark mm-hmm. won by like a long shot. Mm-hmm. And I know that that was like partly coordinated efforts, but I'm also like you know Stranger Things fans are out there trying every day to like talk about how cool Stranger Things is. And yeah. Just, you know dark one beat them handily um and it's like it's consistently one of the highest rated netflix originals among critics i think last year it was only one of three shows that had like a hundred percent fresh certified fresh rating on rotten tomatoes which meant like every critic who Mm -hmm. reviewed it gave it a positive review um, which was not the case for like stranger things season three yeah yeah for sure yeah it's definitely it's definitely gained a lot of traction i think in the last four years and i think everybody knowing that this is the final season it's probably going to be a pretty big yeah um, i mean who knows with like the news right now but i think at yeah. least in terms of like number of people watching it i think a lot of people are about to tune in at the end of this month yeah and i think that uh that's another thing going for it too is that um it's if you like puzzle box shows this is like the puzzle box shows puzzle box show there is almost <laughs> an infinite number of ways you can twist and turn like do you like in Tense lore. There's like all these super secret organizations, and they have all this crazy uh, specialized technical equipment, and they all have like different like who's the good guy, who's the bad guy. They all assert the like they're the virtuous ones trying to fix everything, and the other person is the rat fucking bastard that always tries to you know end the world in apocalypse, and like you never really know. And like some of my favorite scenes is like uh, you know seventeen year old meeting his forty three year old self. And like telling him what he needs to do. And then five minutes later, 75 year old version of him's like, nah, fuck everything middle-aged you told you it's all a bunch of lie and then like some white-haired grandma will pop in five minutes after that guy and be like you've always been good at lying to yourself uh it's like and you you like you you put yourself in the mind of the 17 year old and you just want to lay down and scream like how would you ever you always think that you would trust yourself right but like what if you turn into a bastard um it's like really interesting existential questions and 
um, just really heightened human drama. Like every single yeah. person on this show has like this heartbreakingly tragic reasons for doing the things that they want to do. Um, and like legitimate frustrations when they can't, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really, it's, it's really amazing. Um, before we give you go much further, I want people need to know that you've seen the first two episodes of season three. You got your, you got your, your screeners, um, and you've, you've got a little bit more, uh, to go on than I have. Cause I've only, I've only recently wrapped up season two again, my second time, um, and watch the, the season three trailer. So, um, do you like, did you, cause that's the other thing is like, I haven't really kept up on like the fan speculation, um, since season mm-hmm. two wrapped up, did you kind of keep a hand in that to see like what people, like if people had gone through and like, uh, micro analyzed everything and, uh, have like teased out a bunch of answers that or or, or stuff that points to next season that might be interesting or no. Not really, to be honest. I mean, partially because I I think that the dark fandom, at least, like, from what I've seen on the subreddit and stuff, like, yes, like, there is a lot of, like, discussion and speculation sometimes, but, like, I almost feel like fans of dark respect the fact that they probably have no idea what's going to happen at any given time just because of, like, how clearly the showrunners have managed to, like, surprise and, like, like you said, like completely blow up what our understanding is of like these narratives at the end of every season. Uh, so to be honest, no, I'm not, I like going into season three, I wasn't really aware of like some sort of like grand overarching theory that people had. Um, and yeah, I'll try. I will, you know, obviously keep hush hush about anything I know about season three but to be honest two episodes in is like well see i was was, i was going to i was going to guess three thousand word google doc i was was going to guess that the first two hours were probably more like struggling to come to grips with the thing that happened at the end of season two so like let's let's uh, so the end of season two if you don't recall uh the big like gut punch was seeing um adam which we think we think is Jonas from the future traveling yeah. back in time. He claims, he claims to be Jonas. He claims to be Jonas from the future. And, and there's no, I, 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 there's Cla- I, I feel like Claudia agrees with that. Um, so like, it's like, there's not a lot of like, uh, yeah. there's not a lot of uh, signs to the contrary, other than the fact that he's got a new name for himself. Um, but, but him going back in time to kill the woman that he loved to set 17-year-old self uh, on a particular um, timeline that will lead to his creation, I think. Um, the other thing that we found out at the end of season three is there, like, not only are there this nested yeah. levels of, like, time travel where, like, there's these 33-year cycles that kind of interlock and, like, play, you know, like, they're all united through this apocalyptic event. Um, but there's also multiple worlds like they go into the Copenhagen interpretation of uh, quantum uh, uh, quantum mechanics. And there's multiple worlds that are like ours, but also slightly off. And uh, mm-hmm. we just watch Martha die in this world. And then mirror universe Martha comes in and said and, and uh, like, I guess, teams up with uh, Jonas Um a couple questions. Do you think like, like going, coming out of season two, did you understand that this, this uh, alternate universe, Martha um, had Jacob actually met her before or some of these things happening for the very first time because of this being the third iteration of the cycle. Or does that even make sense? Jonas, You mean, do you say Jacob? Did I say I sometimes I, I like, say I call J, J, uh, Jonas Jacob because you know it's my special. Okay, ability. I was like, oh no, did I forget about a whole other character? <laughs> yeah, you don't remember Jacob? Um, yeah, the werewolf. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> classic Jacob. Uh huh. Um, no, I mean that was one of my biggest questions at the end of season two. Was like, did anything we just see actually break the loop? Or is this all just still more predetermined stuff, including this like alternate version of Martha 
showing up because like that like Adam kind of makes it clear throughout season two that his goal is to like create a world in which time does not exist because like time is God and he's trying to destroy God I believe was like I have no idea what, what he's actually about. Yeah, I mean, I, but, but I have no <laughs> idea what that actually means to him. Does he mean that, like, we all get to right. break free from this cycle? Is there a way that he's, you know, is his, is his, what is his deal? Does he want a way to, like, break the loop but yet keep himself in existence? Because, like, my understanding is one of the big problems is, like, if, if Jonas ever breaks the loop, then he ceases to exist which will have a lot of far reaching implications. And, you know, like you you mentioned, uh, um, the deal with uh, Elizabeth and, uh, her daughter, mother, I forget her, the, oh shoot, uh, Charlotte, Charlotte. Um, I feels like there's a lot of more ripple effects that it it wouldn't just be Jonas winking out of existence. There'd be a lot of people. Um, but like, yeah, do, do you have a handle on like what it, do, do do you have a handle on who's good and who's evil and like whether Jonas is, or I I guess Jonas as Adam um, is playing like, like who's telling the most truth? Is it the Claudia faction or is it the Adam faction? Uh, I, I almost feel like the answer is like, depends on which version of them you're talking to. You know, like, Mm. I don't think Adam is a quote unquote good guy because I don't think that a good person like walks into a room and shoots and kills a teenager who they (laughs) love, you know, like that, that's to me is like a pretty like baseline act of, of bad (laughs) intention, you know, murder, murder equals bad or has a like loyal Jonas clearly. Yeah like not that and same with Claudia like I feel like this older version of Claudia that we see bouncing around Uh seems to also be kind of on the same idea of like well sacrifices are necessary so like I'm gonna you know kill people or let other people die in horrific ways in order Mm -hmm. to try and achieve what I want like this idea of like do the ends justify the means and right now I don't really see any of the people fighting for power like I don't understand what their ends are necessarily. Mm. And so it's really hard to judge if like the means by which they get there are, are justified, if that makes sense. Well, yeah. Which is like, yeah. Cause yeah. it goes back to like, uh, this is a, uh, something they just kind of explored in devs. And it's also funny enough, something they explore a lot in Rick and Morty. The idea that like once you grant that there are like m- like infinite universes or there's infinite combinations of decisions and stuff happening, like it if you buy into that and you could, like were a hundred percent sure that that was happening, it would almost by necessity change how you view morality and ethics because like right. you know murdering one person in an infinite in infinity of universes in which they're still alive like there's even thought experiments about you know quantum suicide and quantum immortality um like if you do that to save like uh, a million different timelines from like some kind of certain doom or like that's almost like uh it's a it's a classic trolley problem you kill one person to save trillions of others um you know that's like a absolute moral good and i'm not i'm not sure whether like Adam is playing in that game and Claudia is like maybe her morality and ethics are more understandable from a, 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 a regular old human point of view. And, but Adam is playing like the multidimensional uh, morality and ethics game at a higher level. Cause he's always saying that too, right? Like, Oh, you, you don't understand how the game is played. And uh, you know, as he's killing somebody else. Um Yeah. Yeah, like two thirds of the way, like I still don't know quite who the bad guy is and who the good guy is, um, or even what the show's opinion. You know, because like there's always a little bit of that, right. like 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 Tywin Lannister, right? Like, is Tywin really an evil guy, or is he just like fucking pragmatic? Um, and at the end of the day, would you rather have like a guy like Tywin Lannister on the throne, or would you have a guy like you know Bobby B on the throne? Um, and the show mm-hmm. had a point of view, but it's something like, but this, like, I have no idea what the show's point of view is. Yeah, they, it seems like they really enjoy setting you up. Like the fact that they set up Noah all throughout 
season one mm-hmm. as kind of like the big bad only to like very quickly, I think, explain in season two that he's just following the orders of Adam, you know, it's like, so now like I'm even still like, okay, like what, what is what, who or what is Adam serving? Like, I don't even know if like the buck stops with him necessarily. And oh so, God. Who, but, but that's the thing. It's like, I, <laughs> I'm trying to think of has, cause I was really trying to pay attention to the second half of season two. It's like, okay, any old or mysterious characters that are, that are thus yet unexpl- unexplained, that's the prime potential for like new characters in season three. But I didn't really see any. In fact, a lot of the new characters that like I might have like the, the new inspector and that like one eyed guy that was always kind of like shading the background. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure they're all dead. Like if the, the like the, the scene at the end of the season three, um, like unless you were touching fingers um, and you were in those rooms, I think you're dead now because the apocalypse wiped you out. Like if you weren't in the if you're not in the bunker or you weren't touching fingers with somebody through a quantum singularity, you're probably <laughs> dead. Um, or yeah. you weren't like you know making off with uh, s- mirror universe Marta. You know, there's like there's only a handful of people yeah. that that survived this thing. So. Do you think the other thing is, did this is my understanding is or accurate that the apocalypse that happened on June 27th, that happened simultaneously throughout all timelines that have the God particle? Yeah. Or did it only happen in like the 2019 future? I think it only happens in 2019. Okay. Because I that was one of the theories right? I had is that because the, like yeah, but I but, but it, the, the, the thing is like it seemed like it was they were all connected in time like uh, like all of the guard god particles were being electrified and solidifying at the exact same time and then there's a scene of like uh, what is it Magnus and Frances Francesca who are working for mm-hmm. the Sigmundus organization they like hold their hands as if they are about to die. I don't know. I got, I got this idea that like right. whatever was happening in 2019 was happening at every single timeline um, that was in the, at least in the original three interconnected. What is that like uh, 2019 or two? What is it? It's a two. It's shit. What are the timelines here? 2019. 27? Well, it's 2052, 2019, and 1986 and 1953. Yeah. But those three, those first three are the only ones that are actually connected into like the, the Celtic Trinity pattern, right? Yeah. 5386. So the tunnels, the tunnels only actually connect to those three timelines. You can't like walk through the tunnel and go back to like 1920. I don't think, nor can you get to 2050, whatever through the tunnel. Like you have to have the time machine or, or you have to like tickle the God particle to get to those timelines. But I, I don't know that that's true. It's just what I've intuited from like season one. Yeah. I think I assumed that like, yeah. And it's good that you just rewatched this because I haven't rewatched the season (laughs) two finale in a while. But I think, Uh I think it's like that God particle, like, right. Like whatever's happening to it in any, in any year, like the particle gets activated. Mm -hmm. Right. But like, I don't think that like it being activated on its own creates like, like I think like the actual like nuclear explosion apocalyptic event Mm -hmm. only happened in 2020 because that's also when the god particle was first born it seems like that's like you know when they pulled open the nuclear waste stuff that's when the thing like poured out of the barrel and started floating Right. Um, but also like that's the thing is like Adam tried to explain like the god particle in the, the 1920s and I never really quite understood yeah. like what it was doing. Cause he even said something like it's connected and it's like a, you know, it goes backwards and forwards in time, et cetera. Um, but yeah, I don't know. There was something special cause like every one of those was being stimulated through like literally, um, uh, Katrina or Katharina was going using the tunnel at the same time that Jonas was using a time machine at the same time that uh, uh, the bunk- I, are the bunker, pe- bunker people using a time machine too? 
Or did they just survive because they're in the bunker? There's two time machines being used. Someone they... using the tunnels, the people in the the the, uh, the bunker, and I just felt, and then also uh, Magnus and Francesca back in the past, stimulating the 1920 God particle. Um, like all those things, I felt like had to happen to cause the apocalypse, and I just wasn't sure if it was just yeah. centered 19 or 2020 or, or or what or 2019. Yeah. So what do you, yeah. so what do you think, what, yeah, like what, what are they trying, like this, this goes back to like, who are the good guys, who are the bad guys, and like, what is, what are they trying to do? Well, who are we rooting for? And has anything I mean, actually been- changed yet on the third, like, you know, we've gone through two time circles, like what is, what, 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 what are we hoping to change on the third one? I mean, I think... I think everything is still happening in that loop. Like everything so far is still a big paradox. And it seems like based on what Jonas was kind of trying to do throughout season two, and then kind of like some hints from the trailer and stuff is like, cause there's all this talk about like the end is the beginning. The beginning is the end. Mm-hmm. Like we need to find the beginning to prevent the end type of thing. I think like, I think the whole point of the show is that these people have been trapped in this like devastating and tragic loop of events for, you know, closing in on like a century. If we're going from like the twenties into 2020. Yeah. Well, plot past it. Yeah. We're like, yeah. Century plus. Yeah. And I like that. I, I think that the, like another one of like the unanswered questions that I had at the end of season two is like this whole like sick Mundus group. And it does mm-hmm. seem like it's this like centuries old kind of like cult mm-hmm. slash religious thing that seems centered around like both like religious beliefs and also like trying to transcend time space mm-hmm. belief, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think it's like, I think it all kind of comes down to power and like people trying to fight for the control of that. And yeah, I don't think that we have answers yet as to like who we should be rooting for, or maybe we're not supposed to be rooting for anyone. Maybe we are just here to bear witness yeah. to this terrible, like, you know, war for control of not just the world, but like multiple universes. Yeah, and there's something to the imagery because I, I was watching a trailer and his Martha was like trying to explain to Jonas like how all this stuff is where and she drew this like infinity symbol with their two worlds connected to it, implying that like they have made like this stable thing that might it's like, you know, like uh, Adam talks about this is the third cycle. Like who the hell knows how many cycles it's been in? Because like, you know, the infinity thing by nature just kind of loops. It's a Mobius strip. It just it never begins and it never ends. Um and I just like, you know what, I'm trying to think of like what victory looks like. Like, I guess like uh, I thought victory is going to look like the Jonas puts everything back to rights and then he disappears. Um, mm. But like, I don't know how satisfying that is. And also um, now that you've I've understood the relationships more like they, like, like I said, he doesn't make a lot more people than just himself. Um, and I, I don't right. I don't know what that what that necessarily looks like. Um but I also like when Adam starts saying that he, you know, wants to be God and he wants to end time and all that kind of stuff. Like, I don't I mean, he just might be crazy. Like, do you do you know have any theories of like how he got so disfigured if that, in fact, is still uh, uh, Jonas? Yeah, I I think he like implies that like it's because he traveled so much at one point. Right. So this is just a natural because I, like, I was like, this is like because uh, also like when you ever get you go into the God particle, you have to wear this like suit. And I'm like, do you, right. does, is he ever like escaped through the God particle sand suit? And it just like fried him. Cause fried, he, yeah, because he looks like, you know, he totally looks know. like Deadpool with his mask off, you know. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that's why I don't like we don't I don't have any sort of like evidence to say that that's not actually Jonas but I think that like that felt like a very intentional thing where I'm like okay like you're disfigured beyond any sort of like recognition to the existing two Jonas's that we know but he does have the next star he does have the next star yeah 
his neck thing. Yeah, he does have the neck scar where he got hung by right. Uh, I forget her name again. Not Elizabeth. Um, shoot, the deaf the, 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 the deaf the deaf girl with the with the uh, fox hat. Oh, so yeah, that's Elizabeth. Oh, what her mom is then? Her mom is Charlotte. Charlotte, thank you. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. The other thing that I and her father is Noah. And oh, Jesus, like, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's wild. Um, the other thing that I no, thought her husband is Noah. Yes, yes. Sorry. One of the things I thought was proof that something had changed is like Jonas's obsession with getting Martha into the shelter. Um, mm-hmm. like that red fine if he knew that his former self was going to come back and try to murder him. And he didn't know that everybody else was going to like, you know, try to crowd into the bunker and let her, let her out. Um, but if he knew that dark universe, Martha was coming through the portal after that, like, I guess I don't understand why he was so obsessed with saving Martha prime. Like, why is, was, was that such a big goal? You know, he didn't have like he only had four hours before the apocalypse when he's going around and doing this. Uh, why spend that much time and effort doing that if you knew that like Martha was going to come through the alternate portal anyway? And, and oh yeah, I don't understand that at all. <laughs> and also that that Jonas was still committed to like trying to like because there's, there's a thing is like it seemed like there was a lot of points where Jonas could have just ended the time portal if he wanted to. But there's stuff that he knows that we don't know that like, you know, uh, that, that, that make him want to like, you know, he goes back in time to try to keep his dad from committing suicide. That just leads his dad to be like, Oh God, I have to commit suicide. Um, right. Which that then, was so fucked up. <laughs> I thought that was really fucked up. And like, at, at first I'm like, uh, you, you know, it's one of those things where you kind of like, understand with growing horror what's going on in his dad's right. mind and all that kind of stuff like that his dad had was not like on his radar to commit suicide and then as he's reading this letter it's like oh oh yeah well i got to to save you and everybody else and you know he goes back and like he's really pissed off with adam obviously but like again i don't know what adam's goal is if he went back there to send him to stop his dad from committing suicide or does his dad have to commit suicide to save him so that he can do something to save the world? I don't know. I don't know. Well, yeah, that I think that Adam was just straight up lying to his younger self, to Jonas to ensure that Michael slash Michael hanged himself, um, which is fucked up. Uh, But I like that, that kind of connects to me to something that, Noah said at the end of season one, which mm-hmm. was like, as long as, as long as like this loop exists, like we, and now we know like retroactively that he's talking about like himself and Adam. And I guess anybody in sick mm-hmm. he says like, we have to ensure that things keep happening the way that they're supposed to like until we can get control of time, I guess. And so, like, that to me just read as, like, a continuation of, like, Adam and Noah and everyone in Sigmundus being, in my opinion, kind of fucked up and just, like, continuing to let, if not, like, actively, like, ensuring that a loop is closed by, like, making things happen, like, Nickel getting the letter uh-huh. And then that's the other thing is like all but, this like sit just just yeah. you know sending these devastating letters back and forth through time to ensure that things happen i think is kind of funny um but okay yeah so there's this one thing here is another thing i want to run past you like at one point in season two jonas asserts because like katharina comes and like has it out with him and you know for pretty good understandable reasons you know he's trying to <laughs> sleep with his aunt and uh, I think I think that's a relationship and also like he, you know he is the one that that was responsible for Mickle wandering off in the first place and it seems like he and she's like oh you just don't want to do this because you'll not exist and he's like no you don't understand like that was literally my first idea it just won't work like I can't die because I'm already alive in the future and nothing like only mm-hmm. the future can be changed not the past but what does that mean to a person who has so far been active and alive in like six different time periods? Like 
does that mean that like right. someone has to get ahead of the time stream from Adam? Like he has to be older and more experienced and done more stuff than Adam to get ahead of him? Uh, because if like if you can't literally change the past and the proof that you can't change the past is like something exists or not, then nothing can be changed. Like at least uh, like if you're as old as Adam, like like everything that Adam has seen happen has to happen again. So like I don't understand all the time spent keeping people on loops and all the time spent trying to disrupt the loop if these characters don't believe themselves that these things can change. I find that a little that that was a little confusing for me throughout season two. Like these assertions that nothing can be done to change the timeline, yet so much effort is being expended to keep the timeline from being changed or to try to change the timeline, which only backfires and keeps the timeline the way it was supposed to be. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, and I think like it's funny because I you brought up devs and like devs also did a little bit of this like you know, giving me a headache kind of thing with these paradoxes mm-hmm. because like I have a really like, I feel like I can get a grasp on like causal time loops. Like this idea that like a thing was always going to happen, even if you're actively trying to make it not happen, mm-hmm. actually you trying not to make it happen is the thing that makes it happen type of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like I can get there with that. And then it's like, I hit a wall of, yeah, it's like this like logic thing that like is really hard to push past and i when i was talking to alex garland about the dev thing like i brought that up to him and he was like he was like yeah it's supposed to not make sense to you because it doesn't make sense like the very idea of a paradox is like a thing that isn't supposed to like our brains aren't supposed to be able to fully grasp it because it doesn't make sense and it's like dark is so fucky because like the entire thing so far is one big paradox. And so like, right. How, like how do you undo a paradox? And the only thing I can think of is like, everybody dies. Like, I'm like, is that it? Like, is it like killing a bunch of people at the same time in different like timelines? Like, is this just going to end in like the ultimate tragedy of like a bunch of people dying? And then it's like what they're doing is saving future generations. Yeah, that was like maybe? where I thought they're going to Noah. Or maybe the idea is with multiple worlds, you're going to get all the quote-unquote bad people on one world and all the quote-unquote good people on the other, and then you sacrifice the one world. Or maybe the good people yeah, will voluntarily like a, like do that to take, to take it out of... Yeah, like like if uh, you know what you need to do is one of the worlds with an apocalypse, every no one can be in the bunker and no one can be travel and everyone has to die so that you can break this infinity sign and get at least one world going on, you know, in 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 some form or fashion. But yeah. again, like, and I guess that's my biggest question, and the why I'm because honestly, if this was an open ended show, I might not have gone stuck with it because like this this uh, going through season one and into season two, like I was getting major like X Files vibes, uh, where it's like this just seems like they're going to keep making it bigger and bigger, and they're never going to answer anything, and it's going to collapse under its own weight. But then when I heard that this was a planned kind of trilogy of seasons, like there's like these three time loops. Uh, and I guess multiple world loops and they had a neat like kind of direction they wanted to go. Then I'm like, okay, well, you know, th- that, that seems like something I can get invested in because it either works or it doesn't. Um, I guess it's an open question of whether they're going to s- close this thing in a way that I think makes sense and is satisfying because I don't, I like devs. I like devs a lot, but I found the final episode of devs to be somewhat unsatisfying compared to what I was expecting it to say. Because like I really yeah. thought they were going, he was going to say something definitive about time travel and paradoxes and like something, but it's like it's the same old like kind of shrug and at the end, oh well, that's time paradoxes for you. What did we learn? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> what do we do different yeah, in our lives? Like, oh, eh. The world is deterministic, but there are also a lot of them, which means that you can make choices. Okay, bye. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. It's a little bit of both. Um, I, I don't, it's, yeah. but I'm wondering if there'll be something that like really, you know, like like flips the time. And a couple shows do that. Like, I don't, have you seen Primer? 
No. Holy moly. Okay, so Primer is like this 90-minute long, very low-budget science fiction that is probably the best, most interesting and freshest thing I've ever seen takes on like paradoxes and nesting time travel and like, you know, just really thinking the implications of that through. Um, and I, yeah, if you like mm-hmm. this kind of stuff, like I highly recommend checking that out. Um, yeah, great. But I'm, I'm just curious, like, is it going to be one of those where it's like, oh, wow, it really, you know, moves the time travel genre forward and gives us a lot of new things to think about? Or is it just going to be another like, you know, I, I don't I'm trying to think of like how this show could fail so hard that like I feel like the, the voyage or the journey hasn't been kind of, quote unquote, worth it. But I do wonder, like, are they going to be able to actually... Yeah, you know, I'm glad that they got a set in in mind a, a terminus for the story, but like, am I going to be happy with how that story terminates? Yeah, I mean, I do, and I, the one thing that I'll say of like what I've seen so far is like, I think I already knew this because like we knew that they had three seasons in mind and whatever, but like it mm. seems to me like not only did they have three seasons in mind, but like they straight up had every single thing mapped out in this show it does not it does not feel to me i know i like i am dying to see whatever like insane wall of corkboard madness these people had back in like 2014 or whenever they started writing this show but like (laughs) yeah i was gonna say do you have any inside information about like the showrunners and like how their process because me and jim were talking about this is like is this like a duffer brothers where this is something they've been kicking around for literally a, multiple decades like oh yeah this is something we used to talk about in our bunk beds at night and we just kind of slowly been working and fleshing it out and all that kind of or is this something that like like yeah just like you said how do you write something like this what kind of cork board what kind of flashcard system how do you keep all the state of this universe in your head long enough to like make advancements in it like oh yeah, yeah. she's her own mom and this guy's is uh as his aunt's nephew and which means this guy is his own father like how how do you how do you keep track of all that across seven different timelines and two worlds yeah i don't know i don't have any like added insight into how they pulled it off i'm hoping to interview them sometime in the coming months but like it is i'm deeply impressed because it feels like they did think out like every little detail and like I think one of the things that I'm optimistic about being satisfying is that like I I personally enjoy the like heavy sort of like biblical and mythology mm-hmm. like lore that they're bringing into it because mm-hmm. obviously they have all this like biblical stuff between like Noah and Adam and yeah, sure. whatnot but also like this myth of Ariadne which has been pretty present since the right. first season with like the, that's the, the girl lost in labyrinth in. yeah yeah which is like which is this whole mythology about like a labyrinth and like ariadne helping the hero get out of that the labyrinth which feels very like martha and jonas to me mm-hmm. um so i'm kind of like i'm a little bit more uh i'm giving them a lot more leeway with like playing in those kind of like uh like sim symbolic storytelling like themes and i think that they can land that whereas like how much they land the like sci-fi aspect of it i have no idea you know like i i'm a little bit like i feel like they hooked me in a lot more with like the what feels like very like real human tragedy of these characters plus like this like big like symbolic lore like fight between god and time and evil and dark and yeah. light kind of thing and I, I, yeah I, I guess i could agree that like if they completely fall on their face with the science fiction angle then it's not a complete loss because yes you still have all this human drama but i don't know like i think there's something fundamental difference between like a dark and a game of thrones and like a leftovers right like leftovers is just it's like yes yeah. there's some crazy science fiction mumbo jumbo going on but guess what it doesn't matter because the only thing that matters is how this had an effect on people so like you know uh leftovers was uh judged a success or failure based on how well it resolved the human drama and the fact that it didn't resolve the sci-fi science fiction drama wasn't a surprise to anybody no one uh, was disappointed whereas in game of thrones it's like 
you know, if they didn't introduce this kind of ticking time bomb of the White Walkers and like all this prophetic, you know, stuff, if it was just like a medieval, like political drama, you know, it might have been considered more successful than it had in the way it resolved. Uh, and I feel like this is like, yeah, but since so much of the human drama and pathos is is amped up by the time travel, um, because, you know, yeah. like you know, people are it's, it's essentially a, a lot of madman shit, you know, people cheating on each other, people being weak, workaholics, people, uh, you know, keeping lies and secrets uh, about their health and their well-being from each other. But then like the really crazy interesting parts are like, Oh yeah. But also this guy is his, this guy is his aunt's niece. And this, this woman is her own daughter. And, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, you've got like w- the, the, the three main protagonists are a person, the same person in three different yeah. versions of their life. Uh, so I, I don't know. I, I can see myself still like even thinking like, all right, I really inv- was invested in Jonas and Martha's story, but like also the time the time travel stuff just kind of collapsed under its own weight. I think that would be disappointing for season three, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah, um, I I think I think it's so far. I'm I continue to be impressed with how like tightly bound the story is which i think it would have been so easy for something like this to completely like spin out of their control or for certain threads to just not make any sense yeah and so far it feels like every thread winds up getting picked up and Mm -hmm. connected in a way that you could never have predicted and like i just love like the number of times i have watched the show and like like my eyebrows are like fully in my hairline like <laughs> yeah at uh, least once an episode because i'm just like what like holy crap like that's what that meant or like that's who that person was or like yeah. that person wound up causing this thing uh-huh. like it's crazy and it's so cool yeah and i'm, I'm always so. impressed with like because it's one thing to like you know have the story in your head but like why why do they decide to reveal some information at some, in in this particular order, right? Because like one one of the things I think would be really interesting is to like to put all this in chronological order, right? Like I think the very <laughs> the, the earliest chronological scene is like Noah working on the tunnel with his mentor that he eventually betrays and kills, right? Like what if you put every sequence and there's like all those really interesting things of like um, Noah trying desperately to invent the first time machine, but once. And and or or like the fact the tunnel doesn't exist in 1920. So if you travel back there, you can't get anywhere else until some other things happen. Like right. I think those things are really freaking cool and interesting. But like you know, like once Noah invents a working time machine, then everyone has access to information. Now there's like five. There's just like five different because the the time machine itself is a character uh that like yeah. ages and is like can be in five different spots in the at the same time because it's like you know this is the brand new time machine this is the time machine that was broken that this guy fixed this is the time machine that went back to the future and now is in the past <laughs> and then like uh and then uh you know uh, uh martha shows up with like the mark five time machine at the end of season two like yeah. i I really like that stuff where there's like constraints, but it's like one of those things where it's like as soon as as soon as anybody invents time travel, then it's accessible to everybody in all the timelines because of course it would be. Um, yeah. But yeah, like I've I've I was when I was watching season one again, I was thinking like uh, the very first time we're introduced to uh, Claudia's daughter's boyfriend, who eventually becomes like the nuclear facility uh, yeah, runner, yeah. right? Alexander. Alexander, thank you, Alexander. We see him in just some random scene where he's running through the woods with a gun and he's clearly been shot. It's like a five second scene and that's it. And that's all we see in like an episode. And we don't see him again for like two more episodes. Like, why did they why do that then? (laughs) You know, like what the way they've got these cards shuffled, it's in a particular order. And like, how did you guys know this is the best one? Or like, I, I feel like those are like really interesting questions to ask to get to the bottom of because like, yeah, it's, it's, it's one thing to keep the story straight, but then like how you choose to tell it and, and all that it's, yeah, I'm really also like, my God, the the casting. Um, Oh, so good. Yeah. Like when you get like old man, Ulrich shows up and I'm like, Holy shit. How did they do that? How they find a guy that looks exactly like his old ass self, you know, he's such a, they're not like, casting just very generic looking people like these are very strikingly individual people uh 
Yeah. And they just keep nailing the the old and the young casting of them. It's pretty great. Well, even just like the pilot is the only episode that I've rewatched recently. And it's like, it's so neat to like see where all of these, like dropping us in right before Mickle disappeared. Like it makes it seem like that's the inciting incident, Mm -hmm. you know, in the Mm -hmm. pilot. And that makes perfect sense when you're watching it. And like, it's just so wild to know that like, that was just one of many entry points that they had for like this insane like decades long loop that's been happening and i think that it's been very 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 well executed yeah from the get-go of yeah yeah, like how they drop that information and introduce new characters and other versions of themselves and yeah man yeah they really lure you in thinking for anyone who likes sci-fi shows like it's a must watch and even even more than that like if you are a big fan of like the true detective stuff if you like stranger things yeah like like uh there's also just a lot of Lovecraftian elements to this of like things that are happening that like are literally driving people insane. Like uh, a normal human can't mm-hmm. handle the truth of what they're seeing. Um, man, mm-hmm. I just think it's 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 pretty amazing. I'm really jealous that you're uh, going to get to see the thing like two weeks before I do. Uh, <laughs> do you have anything else you want to talk about in like just like a season two preview uh, or season three preview kind of? Uh, way or should we uh transit because i i want to come back in like i guess two or three weeks and talk about season three and like judge whether we thought they nailed it and like make sure we understand everything uh (laughs) and kind of just kind of regroup on that and maybe jim will join us maybe we'll see Uh, it depends on how much he likes season two i guess but uh, does that sound like a good way to go yeah that sounds great because yeah i don't want to i don't want to stumble into anything that I shouldn't already talk about. <laughs> yeah, 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 uh, for sure. Well, and yeah, I'm very excited to just be able to talk to you about like the full scope of yeah. the entire show. I think that'll be so fun. Yeah. When are you going to drop your, are you going to like drop your coverage right on the 27th? Like, are you going to have like a big, like, here's everything you missed in season three, or here's like all the things that blew your mind in season three, like the day it drops or what's your strategy on that? Uh, that's a good question. I usually, usually have to wait until the day after it drops because like I can't pull screenshots and stuff from my screener episodes. Oh, um, yeah. So usually I will try and like pre-write as much as I can. And so then just spend to... like the one to two days, once it's actually up on yeah. Netflix, getting all like the images that I need. Gotcha. So I would say by like the Monday after it comes out, uh-huh. I should have like a slew of stuff, hopefully all right. live. And then we'll see like when they're scheduling interviews and stuff, but I hope to be able to talk to some of the, the cast and creators too, because I have questions. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that do you, do you know the showrunners speak English? I mean, I know a lot of Europeans at least speak like English in their native tongue, but like, uh, is there going to be uh, I think they do. a ger- original yeah, German audio given... version of your interview that then gets dubbed or <laughs> <laughs> seriously, uh-huh. I have a translator hop on with me. Uh-huh. Uh, I think that they, I think that they do. They've given very extensive interviews to Alice in the past. Oh, right, right. So okay. okay. I think, I think that those were all in English, but man, that would be a fun barrier to try and overcome. I speak. <laughs> The only German that I know is like "Whoa, est Mickel and like the stuff that I've <laughs> one est Mickel. <laughs> ah, no. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I what so if people want to see your your coverage as soon as it drops on Dark, like where where do they find you and follow you so they can stay up to the minute on all of your insightful pop culture stuff, Kim? Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Kim R Renfro. Uh, there's a little extra R in there. And then all my articles will appear on insider.com. So there's like, if you go to insider.com slash author slash Kim Renfro, all right. that's where all my stuff will be. I, um, I will link yeah. all that in the show notes for people's convenience. Fun. And then what is the, uh, why I've still got you, what's the next, what's the next thing you're excited about after? Cause I know the last time we talked was at the end of Westworld and we had a little bit of Westworld fatigue, fatigue and you were looking forward to an even crazier show, Dark. Uh, what's, what's on your horizon after dark? What should we be paying attention to next? Uh, that is a great question that I don't have the answer to. <laughs> I don't think I've been, All right. if anything has happened to me in the last two months, it's been a very short term, uh, kind of 
horizon well, that we're, I'm looking at. We're so, so ask we're, me that in a couple of weeks. We're so out of things to do that we're going back to the Walking Dead season nine and covering it episode by episode. So, <laughs> so hey, you gotta you kind of kind of invent you gotta invent your own fun in this uh, weird year that we're having of, of 2020. Um, but I don't know. I'll ask yeah, you. I'll ask you again after we put our heads together about season three of Dark and see if there's uh, anything that uh, is is got get, that, that's that's fresh on your radar. Cool. All okay. right, Kim. As always, it's a pleasure to have you on. Uh, thanks for for uh, talking through season two of Dark with me and uh, getting me all excited for season three. Uh, hopefully, we can talk in a couple weeks. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. All right. Talk to you later. Bye.